Welcome to Life in Private Staffing with me, Philippa Smith, MD of Silver Swan Recruitment. As we all know, the private sector is a pretty crazy one. Not only can it be very challenging to work in, but it can be pretty lonely too, as let's face it, no one really understands what it is that we do. So let's come together, help, support, educate and inspire one another, and hopefully we'll have a laugh along the way. Welcome back, everybody. Here we are, season four. Can you believe it? Season four. So therefore, we've done three full years. We're going into our fourth year. I've not stuck at something like this for a while. I remember when I started this at the beginning of lockdown, I thought, oh, let's just see how long we can drag this out for. I've been loving it and everyone's been loving it. We have some really good feedback on this podcast and we got to the end of last year and the usual sort of question gets asked internally. Are we going to continue? What are we going to do? And I'm like, well, I can't imagine not doing it. How can we not have a podcast? But I get so many nice messages from people all the time to say they love the podcast. It's really useful. Such a good hub of information. There's not enough out there, is there? There's not enough out there that people can tune into to find out more about this industry, to feel connected to other people within the industry. And I love it. I can just sit and gasp, you know, chat around and gasp with lovely people for, you know, each week. So season four's here. We are going to change it up a little bit. So what we've done before is we've done an episode every two weeks. We've had a different guest on who has had successful careers in the private sector. We chat for about an hour. Happy days. We're still going to keep an element of that, but I thought what we'd do is more frequent but shorter episodes. So I'm going to try and do weekly episodes, half an hour or so, 30, 35 minutes per episode. And throughout the season, so throughout the year, we will have different guests on. We're going to mix it up as always with all the roles. I want to spread across all the roles, not just the sort of more senior positions. I want to get some housekeepers, chauffeurs, nannies, you know, see how they like to be managed and what challenges they have. And, you know, especially if house managers and estate managers are listening, it might be quite nice for them to hear about what some of the junior members of staff in the house have to say when it comes to their work, their day, their challenges, their worries, etc. So, and I also want to get people from all around the globe as well, because as we know, working in the US can be very different to here. The Middle East is also very different. So, We'll have different guests on throughout the course of the season. But because we're going to do it weekly, I'm going to mix that up also with having episodes with just me and my team. And what I thought I would do with these is we are asked questions all the time. So daily within the agency, obviously people have questions, clients, candidates have questions. We're forever giving out advice, advising clients, advising candidates on various things. And then since we decided to start doing a sort of a more advice episode, we put messages out across our social platforms and said, if you've got any questions, whatever it is you want us to talk about, send them in. We've had a really good response. I don't know why I'm surprised. I didn't think we would, but we've had a really good response. Lots of people through um, Facebook and Instagram, and uh, I've had quite a few on LinkedIn, various questions. So we've collated a load. I'm going to divvy them up. And each episode where I don't have a guest, I'm going to get a different one of my team, begrudgingly, probably on and we're going to tackle some of the questions. And it's the kind of stuff that we're talking about in our office all the time anyway. So you may as well be privy to it. We're not secretive. It's all very sort of open, this information. So when you start listening, if you have any questions of your own, you can get me. I'm all over the place. You can find me on LinkedIn, Philippa Smith, philippa at silverswanrecruitment.com. You can send us messages through um, Facebook, etc. Just send it in and we'll talk about it. Whether it's a topic you want us to discuss, whether it's a um, specific question, whether it's a dilemma you want us to sort of talk about. And we'll just sort of like tackle them all as we sort of go through. So that's the plan. We're going to try and keep them shorter, as I said. And today we're going to kick off with getting Laura on. Uh, Laura manages our UK desk here, drag her on every season. And we're going to tackle some of the questions that have come in regarding her market. 
Before we do, just a few updates, really. Has anything happened in the company you should know about? Probably not. We've still got our office over in uh, Miami. We've got our office over in Dubai. We're creating more of a permanent presence over in Saudi because the amount of work that we do there. We're just busy. Like the community, our community side of things has just really taken off. We've got seven communities now around the world. And we've started a couple of new ones in the US that are slow to start, to be fair. We need to get things moving on there, but we will. And they're just thriving. People are leaning on each other more than ever. People are making really firm friends. So if you're a house manager, a state manager, or a private PA, just get in touch with us and let us know where you're based and we'll add you to a community or we will consider setting one up where you're based. So they've been really good. We've been doing events as well recently. You probably have seen this across our socials. We've been trying to think of things that we can do also to support these communities. So you guys, you house managers, estate managers that are in these communities, your job is mental. You know, like I'm just in awe of you guys and the level of work that you have, the level of responsibility you have, the fact that you're in the absolute direct firing line of everybody. Staff are at you. You've got principals coming at you, vendors, suppliers coming at you, and you shield everybody from each other. You're like superheroes. But you know, what what support do you have? So that's why we partnered with um, our concierge team. So we have a concierge service here now. And just use it. It will barely cost you anything. You know, if you're busy and your boss turns up wanting a holiday, don't worry about that. Just email us, concierge.silversomrecruitment.com. You'll get a better holiday, booked quicker, cheaper, with better contacts. And our concierge team make their commission from the hotels and airlines, etc. anyway. So you're not even charged. The only time you'd be charged is if there's no commission to be made and they just do a very small percentage of the booking. So invariably, it's not going to cost you anything and they can do all sorts of stuff. So we have details on our website. So if you need support when it comes to organizing events or organizing holidays or organizing restaurants or buying things and going places and household management manuals and stuff. So just email concierge at silversummerequipment.com. That will provide you with another layer of support alongside the communities. And then training's been our most recent initiative. When was the last time you trained your team? Like, honestly, when was the last time you trained your team? And we don't mean when someone new starts and you say, follow her around for the day. That's not training. The quality of onboarding and training in this industry is way below par. And it's because you haven't got time, nor are you trained to do it. You know, if you're a house manager, you've invariably worked your way up to it. When was the last time you received trainer, trainer, training? Trainers should be trained on how to train if you want to deliver effective training. And that's so overlooked. I'm not good enough to train my team here at Silver Swan. You know, I show and I tell and I talk about what I would do, but I bring external trainers into my office all the time. Another massive benefit of uh, uh, doing regular training with your team is it's a really effective way of keeping your team motivated and engaged and excited. Most people go into a training day thinking, oh God, I've got training today. I have not got time for it. They come out of the training day buzzing. They forgot how much they love this stuff. So like, People leave roles because they often, because they are not learning anything new. They're under challenge. They're not learning anything new. They're not growing in their role. If you get a trainer in at least once a year that comes in, speaks with you about what it is, what direction you're going and what's working, what's not working, not only will this trainer reunite everyone, get everyone back on the same page, remember that you all like each other and just reestablish your level of service that you want in the house. It keeps things fresh. You can change things if you need. It keeps everyone feeling involved, keeps everyone feeling motivated. Everyone will be buzzing. Your boss will think you're amazing because all of a sudden the team are united, cohesive. 
level of service is consistent. So if your team are not being trained, and I would recommend by an external person, unless you are trained to train, I would highly recommend investing in training. It's not a lot of money. It's a day rate, grand a day or whatever. Get someone in for a week. It's not a lot of money over the course of a year to keep your team united and excited and it's something that you haven't got to do yourself. So we have, uh, we've partnered with a trainer over in the States. We've partnered with a trainer uh, over here in Europe and to do the rest of the world. They're bloody brilliant at what they do. So email training at silversongrecruitment.com if you're interested for more information. And yeah, and as I said, the concierge has been proven to be ever so useful already. And the training is something that we've literally just kicked off. So lots going on here. I'm also hiring like mad. So we are so busy. So since we set up the Miami office, our presence in the US has just gone nuts. And we're trying to set up new communities. It takes time and effort to keep those going. What I'm hiring at the moment, I'm going to be hiring two or three people to um, join Jess in the US literally as soon as I can. We're hiring for our Saudi team. I'm hiring for my European team. We're just hiring. So this is all really good stuff. And we're busy and we're growing. So watch this space. And I think we're already quite noisy in our market. Um, we plan to be a lot noisier. So brace yourselves. Just before we get started, our fabulous sponsor, Kelly Dixon, is back once again for another season. As you all know, she's done all sorts of cool stuff to, again, support you guys, support your estate managers in your role. And over the course of the last year or two, we've helped her sort of promote a number of her initiatives. What, uh, something that she started recently that we'd like to sort of talk about is her new podcast. And listening to a podcast, you're clearly podcast listeners. So do tune in. So if you don't know, Kelly Dixon is the owner and creator of Estate Management Systems. And she has launched a new podcast called Dear Billionaire. I bloody love that title, actually. Dear Billionaire. She'll be sharing valuable wisdom to millionaires and billionaires from private service professionals related to all things the staff wish they could tell their principals without fear of losing their jobs. Now, actually, I think, although this is tailored to billionaires and uh, millionaires, any house manager or estate manager working for these principals would find this incredibly insightful. Um, Listeners will, will understand what it takes to be a good employer, why homeowners should care, and how to turn over management of their household staff and most valuable assets to someone else so they can enjoy the life they've earned. So you'll find Dear Billionaire on Apple and Spotify, or you can go to her website, estatemanagementsystems.com. Whilst you're there, whilst you're on the website, there are various training platforms and products that you can buy. And as always, live and private staffing listeners, you guys receive a discount on all of her products. Just use promo code LIFE25. Cool, right on with the show. Hello, Laura. Thank you for joining. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Philippa. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. This is not your debut. You've been, I've dragged you on here before, haven't I? <laughs> I have, yeah. Just, this is like, I'm so used to this at this point. So um, yeah, I'm used to it. It's great. <laughs> I actually think that you've, I've got you to kick off most of my seasons because this is season four and I'm pretty sure beginning of season three and season two, I've always started with like a bit of a roundup on us and the market and I drag some of my guys on to talk about their desk. I think you've, you're always dragged on. Yeah, your poor listeners, they must be sick of hearing from me at this stage. <laughs> oh no, don't be daft. Right then, so do you want to introduce yourself? Remind people um, who you are, what you do here? Sure, yeah. My name is Laura. I run the Private Households Department UK division with uh, my lovely junior consultant, Catherine, who's just promoted to junior this year, actually. So yeah, going well. Fab. And you've been knocking around for a while, haven't you? You've been doing this particular division. <laughs> yes, I've been doing the rounds for a few years at this stage, <laughs> honestly. What's the market looking like a member for you? Like, how are you guys getting on? Is it busy? What kind of roles have you got at the moment? 
The market, like it's, um, I mean, I'm not going to say it's busy, but it is January. You never really kick off a new year, you know, being inundated with roles. But in saying that, we are consistently getting busier. And the quality of what we're getting this year, I think that there's been a big difference. Well, in the last few months, actually, there's been a difference in the quality of roles. And I think that's kind of due to a lot of the relationships we've now kind of got with a lot of lovely house managers and PAs and stuff. We've really built up some great relationships. And I think there's just a, a better level of understanding Whereas before you kind of were dealing with a lot of clients who would who would kind of just like half be interested in dealing with you and then end up ghosting you. So while it's very much quality over quantity at the moment, basically. Well, I've said this all along. I would much rather have five roles and fill five than have 50 roles and fill five. 100%. And I speak to other agencies or I see other agencies, they're like, oh, I took 100 roles this week. And I'm like, well, A, probably not true. Mm-hmm. B, if you did, that's pointless because that's 100 people going to get a shit service. Yeah. Take out the 100, take the roles that you think you're going to fill. Exactly and give it everything. I would have always preferred to do quality over quantity and doing quality over quantity will get you the quantity and then you've got the time to get the resources to sort of do it. Yeah. But you say not busy. Like I'd say you're taking multiple new roles each week. Yeah, actually that's, I mean, just thinking about it, that's fair enough. You said that, I'm thinking, yeah. I suppose when you, yeah, when you put it that way, I've just sat down having taken a brand new role this morning, two brand new roles this morning and I've got another one coming through this afternoon. So I suppose actually, yeah, we are quite busy for January really. <laughs> so um, maybe I take it back a little bit. Right. So let's start again. She, she's talking crap. Yeah. I take a it, yeah, we are. We are. I think we are sort of quite. But I completely agree with you in terms of quality. So, yeah. like, so often, I think also because we're quite sort of strict with working exclusively or with one other agency, and we do not budge on salary. So, when we get roles coming in, I'd say we only take half the roles that come in. 100%. Because half the roles that come in, it's like, working for a housekeeper on 28 grand and we do all we can not to laugh Mm -hmm. and then we try and compose ourselves and then we tell them what we think and that's the end of it and then we see a blooming other agency advertising a housekeeper on 28 grand oh god it's yeah like tomorrow like what are agencies doing anyway it's infuriating it's infuriating but I think as an agency I'm so I like that we really stick to our values and stick to what we believe in and take stuff that we're proud to work on yeah and that we think are really good roles and that we know we're gonna fill yeah and I'd rather have I say less roles. We've still got too many roles as an agency, but you end up having fewer roles that you could focus on rather than if we took every role that came in, we would have so many roles, but it would be an absolutely pointless process. It would be. And if we took every single role that came in as well, we'd be delivering a really confusing message to our candidates because our candidates would be going onto our website and they would be seeing these brilliant housekeeper jobs that we're getting through at 40-45k, which are that's where you want to be. That's what the market should be at the moment. If they were logging on and seeing these jobs up against a 28k housekeeper in the exact same location, there's no message there. Do you know what I mean? You're just confusing the market and your candidates and you're kind of losing your identity a little bit because for me, I think part of Silver Swan's identity at the moment, certainly with the UK, is that we don't take the piss. Do you know what I mean? We don't put roles up where someone, a client is looking for a housekeeper, cook, butler, nanny, dog walker, bloody car washer, chauffeur, everything for 25, 30k. No one wants to do that. It's completely unrealistic. So I think for us, it's also really important that we just stick to our guns and stick to the message that we're trying to deliver to the market. And also, you say this to clients all the time. Clients that try and call you with a vacancy that's below market right you always say to them I'm not going to waste your time because I could take your role I could advertise it but you're going to be on our website along identical roles with better hours better money why would anyone apply to your role you'll have no one apply to it you will then think that we're rubbish because we're not sending new CVs 
So yeah, like we are brutally honest with our clients. When clients turn up, like leave to another agency, at least we have told them exactly what they need to be doing if they want a quality recruitment process. Yeah. So yeah, I agree. I think we've got, it's just been a massive shift in terms of decent clients with decent roles. And also like, we want to enjoy our jobs. Like it's a pleasure to work on these roles. 100%. Like I like that. I like my job and I want to continue liking my job and I wouldn't like my job if I sold my soul. So yeah, yeah, 100%. There we go. Yeah. So diving in, as you know, as we're cracking into our new season, we're still going to get guests on here and there to talk about their sort of experiences, but we're getting so many questions into the agency since we started talking about this section of our podcast. Mm-hmm. We're getting uh, questions into Instagram, on LinkedIn, and just thinking about some of the stuff that we get asked really regularly. Like we get asked very similar questions all the time from our candidates. So we were like, it'd be really useful to start having episodes of our podcast where we like just as if we're chatting internally, which we do all the time. We just open it up and let people listen to some of the stuff that we talk about, some of the questions that people have and what our views on it are. And so We've got tons of questions, like Good. more than we have for just for today. But I'll run through, we've got two or three for today. Oh gosh, okay. I know, I've had to just be selective and pick. The most popular question that we get asked by people that call this agency, especially if they call our head office here in London, that I work in a restaurant, work in a hotel, how do I get into the private sector? What's your sort of go-to advice when people ask you? My, the, the first thing I say to everybody is don't call an agency. I can see why that might be the first thing you think of doing, but agencies charge fees to their clients. The clients have a different kind of level of expectation when they're working with agencies. So don't go through agencies, first of all. I would always say, you know, places like The Lady, if you haven't heard of The Lady, The Lady has been around since year dot. It used to be a magazine, but it's now got a website where you can actually, I think you can go on and advertise your own services as a candidate, but a lot of clients still use The Lady. It's very well respected. It's been around for a long time. It's, you know, well established. Places like Gumtree, places like, you know, Gosh, I, I know a housekeeper who started advertising her services in her local Waitrose, you know, and she started working for two or three private clients on a part-time basis and she's now a full-time live-in housekeeper. So it's kind of just thinking, okay, what's within my immediate area? And talk to people, put it out there, let people know that this is what you want to get into, you know? And if you can do seasons, great. Or if you can, you know, get in that way, that's brilliant. But just think about like what is in your local area and who you can speak with. I'm sure that if you went down to, as I said, yeah, your local waitrose, your farm shop, your Whole Foods or whatever, if you took time to just put your services up there, I guarantee you'd be getting calls in a few weeks. I guarantee us. And build it up that way. But yeah, going through an agency, you will kind of get a lot of no's at the beginning through with agencies. And you might feel a little bit defeated doing that. So the easiest way is try and go alone first. Do your research. And depending on the type of role that you're looking for as well, there's training that you can do, like butler courses. There's some PA courses that you can do. Yeah, just do a bit of research, really. Yeah, I agree. And we get some sort of candidates who are well experienced, but not in the private field. And they get in touch with us. And they can be a bit off when we say to them that we can't help you. And they're like, oh, what are you talking about? I've got loads of experience. It's like, yeah, but why would a, a client can find someone with no experience in that field anywhere? Like, why the hell would they pay us sometimes five, 10 grand, you know, yeah. for somebody, clients come to us to find them someone they cannot find themselves. Yeah. Needles in haystacks. There's absolutely no way a client will pay us a decent amount of money to find them someone that is brand new to the industry and needs complete training. Yeah, 100%. So it's not that we don't want to help. We just can't justify a fee for somebody that's new. So I think, like you say, all that, who you know, what you know, find local experience, especially when it comes to housekeeping. Like everybody wants housekeepers mm. locally. So. Oh my God, yeah. And then, yeah, like ladies, great. You can put your services in there, but ladies are a place where families will advertise themselves. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Families will give new people a shot. Like, it's not that you cannot get a job. Families, especially, maybe not central London, but especially if you're out in the countryside or whatever, there are loads of families out there that are very willing. They'll recognize your experience. 
they'll be very willing to give you your first opportunity, but they're not going to pay us for that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So good. When well, that's sort of advice we give to tons of people all the time. So it's nice that we can say it publicly. Yeah. People <laughs> yeah. can hear it once and for all. <laughs> okay. Something else that crops up all the time. House managers, estate managers. Main reason is, is estate managers here in the UK is a very different to an estate manager over in the US. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. They don't really have house managers in the US because all the houses are massive. If it's a house of a certain size, it's an estate manager, normally it's multiple properties, but an estate manager doesn't need to have multiple properties in the US. It could be a massive estate, but it's very much to do with the size of the house, nothing to do with land. And I know it's very different here. So what, in your view, having worked here for years and years and years and years, what's your difference between a house manager and an estate manager? Well, I suppose the simplest and, and most black and white answer would be one's inside, one's outside, but it does become a little bit more complicated than that. Estate managers could very much be coming from a land management background or, you know, have a degree in countryside management that is coming from DEFRA, that kind of thing. And they could be very, you know, responsible for thousands of acres. They could be responsible for farmed tenancies, private tenancies, the gardening, the gardening and estates team. And basically anything that kind of has to do with the exterior of a property. And again, the nature of the estate manager will very much depend on the size and the nature of the property. A household manager is traditionally obviously more involved in the running of the actual house, the household staff, the household bills, house renovations, building up that kind of Bible of contacts for the house. They might be responsible for multiple properties, but again, it's very much in-house. And traditionally, obviously, estate managers, there aren't estates in London. So estate managers tend to be more kind of rurally based on larger estates. So the two are very different. They are very different. I mean, I would say there can be a crossover, but I guess it attracts different types of people as well. Estate managers, it attracts a different type of person than house management. So two really interesting specialties, but they are different. <laughs> they are different, definitely. Can a household have an estate manager and a house manager? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It would need to be a seriously large estate and a full-time residence, I really think. So, you know, to warrant having those two members of staff, you'd need to be living in the residence full-time. It would need to be a really large property on a large estate, probably with some tenancies and some farmlands and um, farm tenancies going on because otherwise you're kind of just wasting money by taking on two people to do that. So it would need to be a pretty substantial property, I think, to warrant having an estate manager and a house manager. Okay, um, when I have an American on next, I'll ask him or her what the difference is over there because it is odd how it's different. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's only really that role that sort of differs, like all the rest are real comparable, I think, in the house. So it's just that one. Right, another question that's come in. Oh, we get this a lot, don't we, on LinkedIn. I've applied to loads of roles, loads of agencies. No one's come back to me. Oh, why have you applied to loads of vacancies? I know. Um, no, I mean, look, I guess that it can be massively frustrating as a job seeker. And I understand that when you're in a position that, where you need a job, desperation can sometimes kick in and you do find yourself just putting yourself out there as much as you can to as many people and as many jobs. You know, in theory, it sounds like a great idea. In practice, it's not. Because in the morning when I log on and I'm looking at my applications, if I see the same name for a housekeeper job, a nanny job, a butler job, a chauffeur job, a house manager job, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, my eyes are going to roll into the back of my head. I'm going to be, initially, I'm just going to say, what is this person doing? You can't be all of these people. You have a specialty. You have experience. So, you know, when you are applying, 
Think about what you're applying for. Read what you're applying for. Does it apply to you? Are you going to enjoy this job? If you're a butler and you're applying for a nanny job, chances are you're not going to enjoy actually being a nanny. You're a butler for a reason. So I think it's just, you know, taking the time to really think about what you're applying for and tailoring your applications to what you're going to be good at and what's going to suit your strengths. You know, when you get turned down for a job, it's not because you're crap. You had work for a reason. You have a CV with work experience on it for a reason. You're good at something. You just need to make sure that you're applying for what you're good at, if that makes sense. And if you do that, you will hear back. Yeah. You know, simple as. Yeah. The other thing as well is if, if you are applying for a French speaking house manager role and you don't speak French, come on, you know, mm. <laughs> just read what you're applying for and just think about it for a second. And you will get responded. You will get responded to. And how often do we get those when wanting French? The amount of times I've heard, I'll learn ever so quick. I'm happy to do a course. Yeah. And I'm like, that's not what we're looking for. Course is not going to cut it. Yeah, every time. <laughs> get it all the time. But I agree with you. Like when people say to me, I want to see someone on LinkedIn saying 300 applications this week, no replies. I think, well, that's a waste of 300 applications. Do three. 100%, yeah. Yeah. Like, do three. Like, you need to tailor it. Take your time. Tailor it. Think about what you're doing. Yeah. And like you say, you'll have, we do. Because in our system, we, we can very, very quickly at a glance see all the roles that one person's applied to at any one time. And, and it's a shame because they could, for example, be quite a good housekeeper. But if they've actually applied for every role we have, I reject them for all of them. I don't even actually consider them yeah. for the role that they could actually be good for yeah. because I can't be bothered. Yeah, it's frustrating. Because if they can't be bothered, I can't be bothered. And what people have to realise is, yeah. it's frustrating for a candidate, I appreciate this, to have to do 300 applications. That's time-consuming and boring. But bearing in mind, as an agency, we can receive 1,500 CVs a week. So that's also time-consuming and boring for us yeah. because a lot of those aren't suitable for anything. So yeah. we are our admin is as mental as your admin. And if you're getting frustrated with the volume of admin you're doing, trust us, we're getting us frustrated by the amount of admin that we're doing as well. So apply for less, think about what you're applying for, be sensible about your approach as well. Is blanket applying really a good way of doing it with probably a average CV, like not even doing you know I mean. So take your time. And also we talked about this before, like think, build relationships with recruiters. Don't go out to a million things. Have a couple of recruiters that you really like. Make sure you've met with them. Make sure they know you very well. Don't call them every day. Please don't call them every day, but stay in touch. <laughs> you know what I mean? We have candidates that we love. Absolutely. And, and actually we go above and beyond for those candidates. Like even if they're not the best person for the role, yeah. we'll put our neck on the line and do all we can to get them in front of the client. 100%. Yeah, and, it, and it's all down to the way they've conducted themselves throughout the entire process and the relationship they've built with us. Yeah. So um, yeah. take your time and do it properly. For fairly simple, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And you'll get more back. You know, you'll get more back from a recruiter. If you do it right, you will get a lot more back. You know, we've got a house manager on our books. Literally, he's the first person I think of every time a job comes through. Not because he's perfect for every job, but just because I have such a great relationship with him. He is a pleasure to work with. And he, sometimes he'll WhatsApp me and see if he's suitable. And, you know, if he's not suitable, grand will move on. But you will get so much more back from a recruiter if you just take your time. That's what we're here for. We're not here to make your lives miserable. We're not here to reject you. We're here because we want to find people jobs. But in order to do that, it's a bit of a give and take, really, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. We're not magicians. Exactly. <laughs> well, another question, if I can squeeze another one in whilst trying to stick to my new shorter episodes, which is going to be a challenge, I know. We've got another question. I thought I'll ask you this because you've got a huge amount of recruitment experience. You've been doing this your entire career. Someone's messaged in a little while ago, actually, saying she likes the idea of moving into the world of recruitment. Would we recommend it? Is it a good place to be? What's your thoughts? 
Let's be nice. I mean, obviously, I'm going to say yes. <laughs> no, obviously, I'm going to say yes. I wouldn't still be doing this job if I didn't absolutely bloody love us. But it is heartbreaking at times. You can put in so much work and get nothing back for it. And you have to get up the next day and do the exact same thing with the possibility of not getting anything back for it. It is something that you just need to be prepared, that you need to kind of like have a thick skin for. You also need to be like, I've learned this having done this for so long. I mean, I started out quite wimpy and now I'm kind of like, well, hold on. I, you know, you need to stick up for yourself because people do get pretty crappy, you know, and they can treat you really badly and speak to you really badly when things don't go their way. And you really have to be able to stick up for yourself and kind of have a thick skin and and stick to your guns. But it's a great job. You know, when it's good, it's great. And you get to work with awesome people. I mean, honestly, the, the, the people we get to speak to and the jobs we get to work on, it's just so interesting. So yes, I mean, in a nutshell, absolutely yes, get into recruitment, but you need to love it. It's one of those jobs. It's it's almost like Marmite, isn't it? You need to love it. Otherwise, it's just not going to work for you, but it can be so rewarding. I'd say people last six months or six plus years in recruitment because there's not a huge amount in between. Yeah. And I think a lot, a lot of it, if you're going to do recruitment, make sure you're passionate about the industry you're recruiting for. Oh my God, yeah. Because obviously we've built careers within the private sector recruitment field. And I think we're both really good recruiters. However, you stick me in an agency that recruits lawyers. I can't imagine I'd be any good at all. Never. I No. I'd be crap. Bored, crap, don't know it. I'd be crap. And you see this all the time. You see so many um, people. Yeah. And there must be a thing. People must be able to go in and just like pick up the lingo and learn it quickly. But I kind of think those kind of people don't last in recruitment very long or they flip from agency to agency to agency to agency doing different things. I think the people that have long lasting careers in recruitment are people that have found a field that they're super passionate about. That's what you really enjoy. Like At first, I find people fascinating and I find our industry fascinating. So I think it's a privilege yeah. to do what we do. Yeah. And the recruitment is just being good at managing people. Yeah. Really. That's all recruitment is, being good, yeah. reading people well. Exactly. Yeah, I'm very much the same as you. Like, I couldn't think of anything worse than, apologies if I'm offending anyone, but I would be crap and I couldn't think of anything worse than like going into recruitment and recruiting someone like, you know, computer technicians or something. Because that to me does not interest me. Do you know what I mean? What interests me is the private household market or like, I don't know, <laughs> recruiting dog walkers might be fun because I love dogs, but you can't, you know what I mean? But you kind of do have to love what you're recruiting for as well. It's not just recruitment. It's it's also, well, who are you recruiting? You know, so yeah, you do have to love it. And you're right, you either last six months or six years or in our case, possibly forever, Philippa. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> We're not going anywhere, are we? We're gonna sit here like grey, doddery. No. Yeah, I know. Ten years we'll be doing this. Season sixteen. Yeah, we bloody well. Episode one. <laughs> you, you've been tagged on. But exactly, just to finish on that note, I think if you're not passionate the lows will beat you up because there are more lows than highs, right? Yeah. I'd say yeah. 10% is amazing. 40% is like optimistic. Whatever the remaining percent of all that is, 50% is like being kicked yeah. in the teeth when you're hungover. Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. On the floor. Like, it's just really bad. And normally also like a negative spiral. Like, you don't normally have like something good in the day, something bad in the day. It's normally like you have a real shit week. Like generally like shit after shit after shit. It, just, it is really weird. Yeah. Isn't it like that? It does. Yeah. When it rains, the poor is like. <laughs> yeah, it really does. And I think if you don't love what you do, there's absolutely no way you'll be able to ride those lows. 
at all. Absolutely not. And you're not coming back in on a Monday after a week like that. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know? exactly. Exactly. And I think the absolute biggest skill you need as a recruiter is to be able to get back up and be stronger and get back up and be stronger and get back up and be stronger. Especially you've got clients that are being an absolute nightmare, all candidates, and you have to get back on the phone and start again and all the rest and yeah. patience, et cetera. But I agree with you. I love the industry. It can be incredibly lucrative. Um, I've always worked in commission-based roles. I like working in an environment where what I put in, I get out. Yeah. Base salaries are typically low in recruitment because it's an entirely commission-based role. So you have complete control of your earnings and yeah, loads and loads of good things to be done about it. There's lots of recruiters in the world. So um, all the people out there that think we've got an easy job, you come, you come hang out in our office for a week. You'll soon see it's super difficult. <laughs> Would change your mind. Yeah, yeah. Right then, let's finish up then. So a few quick fire round questions for you. They're not difficult, so don't worry. We've already touched on this, but what's your division? Private Households UK. Number of years you've had working in recruitment? Mm, uh, ten. Ten. Showing your ten, age. Ten. Favorite role to work and why? My heart will always lie with chauffeurs. That was my, you know, one of my first desks that I took. So my heart will always lie with the chauffeurs. I also love chefs because I just love looking at all your gorgeous food photos. So if you're a chef and you want to send me some lovely pictures too. Yeah, chauffeurs and chefs. Just a little insight. Chauffeurs and chefs. little insight into uh, Laura's brain so everybody knows. Laura will very happily sit and look at menus restaurant menus like all day long i'll be going for dinner and laura will go oh laura's like oh have you seen the menu no laura i haven't seen the menu i don't even know where it is oh it's a hobby honestly laura laura knows the menu of every restaurant that anyone in our office has eaten at all week looking at a restaurant menu is her absolute go-to it's a really weird hobby i love restaurant menus <laughs> i don't know you certainly do. Right then. Worst CV you've seen? Oh, we got one recently and it was like, I, oh, it was, I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. Philippa, I think you remember seeing it as well. It was like bright blue. The font was yellow and the font, one font was orange. One was in italics. One was bold. One was size 74. One was size five. There were pictures of books and pictures of cups of tea and logos and literally you just couldn't pick it apart like we didn't even attempt to try and read it because it was just so horrible to look at and we were just like it, it was so messy and I honestly I don't know what this person was thinking it was awful it just needs to be black and white <laughs> you know it just needs to be a black and white word CV you don't need to format it it doesn't need to be sophisticated I just want to be able to tell what you've done maybe your name would help you know, there is no need to, yeah, put all these bells and whistles on it. And please, if you're putting a photo on your CV, which you should do, please don't put a photo of yourself like down in the pub with the lads having points or lining up shots or there's no need for a nice head and shoulders pick. We've seen it all, haven't we? We have. We have. Yeah. That CV you're talking about, I literally couldn't believe that. And I've seen a lot of CVs and it was all on one page. It was all on one page. I was like, I'm, I don't and everything, I was like, I don't even know well, yeah, it was very confusing. It was. I've seen CVs at 16 pages long. I've seen yeah. CVs with no contact details whatsoever on there. I've seen CVs, um, very usual one. I don't need to know. I don't need to see your 1985 experience at the top. Like, it's just loads. That's all the basic stuff. But yeah. yes, there we go. Right. Most commonly seen reason for people to leave their role here in the UK? Now, I think it's that employers aren't moving with the times. 
post-COVID salaries did rise, inflation, cost of living has gone up. I have candidates calling me and they're still being paid the same salary they were five years ago, six years ago, or they haven't been had, had a salary review since they started. I think people forget that private households, it's still a business. If you're employing staff, you are an employer, you are a business. You need to operate like a proper employer does. You need to hold reviews, give training opportunities. Your employees need to have a clear path for their career development. And you can't take on a housekeeper in 2016 and think it's okay for her to just coast along for the next 10 years getting absolutely nothing. You have to offer salary increases, you know, by percentages, salary reviews, performance reviews, appraisals. Otherwise, you've no idea if your staff are happy and they've no idea if you're happy. Come on, guys. All you need to do is Google a recruitment agency and look at the salaries to know that a lot of you are paying 10K underneath um, the market rates, which I'm sorry, it's just not acceptable. You know, and it's really frustrating for me when I I hear really lovely, good, hardworking candidates calling me um, and saying that like none of their staff have been offered salary raises and they're all on below market rates, like severely below. It's just not acceptable. Agreed. Um, If you're going to employ someone, employ them fairly. Yeah, exactly. And then they'll stay and your life will be easier. You'll have a better service, et cetera, et cetera. Like broken records we are, but it's just so true. Right. Um, biggest challenge for you in your role right now? Some clients, just, you know, if, if you're calling me, I'm going to take you seriously. I'm going to make your search a priority and I'm going to work on it. If you're not serious and if you're not ready to take the step, please don't call me because that's the challenge. We have a client at the moment and we've put a lot of work into it. We've put quality forward and we, I think maybe in the, however long we were recruiting, we've had one line feedback and it's, it's just, you're going to go immediately to the bottom of our pile in priority. And we don't want to do that. We want to work for you, but yeah, it's clients committing to us as much as we're committing to them. We're not asking for much. We're not asking you to, you know, enter into a long-term relationship with us we literally just want you to pick up the phone and let us know how what you think and don't ghost us <laughs> especially when you came to us you came to me yeah exactly <laughs> and now you ignore me and, let, and you hear a lot you hear a lot candidates that get so frustrated because of ghosting and trust us we are ghosted more 100 percent. we are ghosted more at least we communicate with you with to say there's no news but there's no point being frustrated with the agent trust us you'd be interviewing and placed if it was up to us but it's because the clients and we're just the middlemen. So yeah, great. Right, final question. What is it you love about this industry? Why are you here? The people. Well, the people within Silver Swan, but the candidates, the clients. Why are we here? Like, why have I lasted with Silver Swan so long? Um, <laughs> well, why am I still with you guys? I love what we do as an agency. I love the fact that you are constantly trying to come up with new ideas of what else can we do? You know, we've got our amazing communities, which are just incredible. And, you know, we've got concierge, we've got uh, so many new ideas. And that's why I love my job is because we're working with people and for people who want to work back with us as well. Everyone wants this industry to succeed and thrive. And um, yeah, we have some really nice house managers and candidates and clients and PAs that we work with. Yeah, we're, we're quite lucky. Yeah, I agree. I feel very fortunate like that we, I love my job. Like it's, it's, it's not many people love their job. We're lucky. We love our job. And uh, yeah. And like you say, it's all about the people. Our industry is amazing. The people are amazing. Yeah. And providing we pick 
the clients that we want to work with, the clients are also amazing. So there we go. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And we have fun doing it most of the time. <laughs> we do have a laugh. We certainly do. So. <laughs> we certainly do. So, yeah. Cool. Right. Thank you very much for joining. I'm sure I will drag you on because we got so many questions through. I couldn't even pick. I only had to pick literally a handful. So I'm fairly certain you'll be dragged back on at some point throughout the rest of the season. Oh, gosh. Okay. Where we tackle on a few more sort of questions, especially if they're UK sort of specific. So fair. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Philippa. Speak to you soon. Fab. Thank you, Laura. Sorry for dragging you on again. I'll get you on again, I'm afraid. So uh, be prepared. But I hope everyone found that useful. Honestly, because I want to do half an hour episodes and they're already not half an hour, they're already 40 minute episodes. But because I want to do short episodes, we're only getting through three or four questions and we could be doing 15 questions, but we're going to do them weekly. Every now and then we're going to have guests. We're going to use our team internally to plow through some of our questions. Hopefully they're useful. Um, Hopefully people are sort of learning stuff. Please email in, drop me an email, send me a message, however way you want to hit me up. Any topics you want us to discuss, any questions you want us to answer, we are open to it. So get in touch. As always, if there is anything we can help you with when it comes to finding staff or finding work, come visit us at silverswanrecruitment.com. I'll see you all next week.